Hello, and welcome to the Rebuilding Relationships Podcast. My name is Carrie Vasquez, and I'm a relationship coach and strategist. But most importantly, I am a Jesus lover. I'm a wife, a mom to five children, and a grandmom. Each week, I'll be here with a guest or a message to help you love yourself deeper, fall in love again, and restore your relationships with God and others. Now let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Rebuilding Relationships podcast. I am here today with a very special guest, um, and I'm looking at his face as he's turning red. Um, I'm here today with my hubby, Carlos, and I'm so excited to have this episode finally uh, coming to you. This is episode number seven, and we are going to be talking today about how we faithed it until we made it in our relationship. Um, And we have a little story behind that explaining what we mean by faithing it. Um, Obviously, I'm sure that you've all heard the term fake it till you make it. And um, that really, that term has had a whole new definition for us um, probably since about four years ago, I guess it's been now. Um, but anyway, let's dive in and welcome Mr. Carlos Vasquez. Thank you. And thank you for the opportunity to share our story. And at least this time, you know, everybody gets to see both sides of the coin, but, um, why don't you start with the overview and then I'll start with the next one. Sure. So I'm going to go ahead and just for those of you who have not listened to episode number one, which is um, basically basically me sharing um, my story um, from unfaithful to faith-filled. Um, and there I basically share our story, share how we went through our struggles. We were married uh, for two years before we kind of ended up in some therapy and accountability and really just going through a lot of struggles. We found ourselves um, after our daughter was born. She was born at 25 weeks, as I mentioned in episode one, and it really came with a lot of challenges. She had a lot of medical needs, and from there, really, we had a lot of um medical needs and just challenges in our family overall. Um, And that just really started this downward spiral, right, in our relationship. I think we Mm -hmm. were both feeling very neglected. We we were on overload. We were burnt out, uh, frustrated, uh, you name it. We probably felt it um, as our family was really going through a lot of different challenges. So, We proceeded to go through about four years of in and out of therapy, accountability, um, and both, I think, individually. I know I I did some on my own, and we did some couples, um, and it was a difficult four years, I would say. How about you? What do you think? (laughs) Uh, um, I think, you know, getting together, because we were high school sweethearts, um, we kind of fell into the trap of, oh, it's going to be like it was. Mm-hmm. back in high school yeah and that was like over 10 years before that so uh, I think we, we fell into uh, you know one of those false truths that we tell ourselves like oh it's gonna be great again all that stuff but we failed to realize that 
you know, when we got back together, you came with a little package. Yeah. Or four packages in this case. And learning how to have a blended family, uh, I think we struggled in that area initially because, you know, how do you uh, parent stepkids? Yeah. And then also, more importantly, I think it was, is, is us having a the same front or the common common front with our kids, um, setting expectations for them together and not, uh, you know, not watching over each other like mm-hmm. we should have. So let's let me back up a little further, right? Because mm-hmm. I probably dived right into the middle of everything, kind of assuming, and I shouldn't be assuming, mm-hmm. right? We know what they say about that, but uh, assuming everyone's listened to the first episode. So I'm going to back up just a little more and basically say Carlos and I were high school sweethearts. Um, back in 1993, <laughs> we started dating, and um, it might have even been 92. In the 90s. Early and 90s. <laughs> we started dating. We dated for three years, high school into college. Uh, Carlos is two years older, so he was off uh, to the military. Uh, he was in the Army Reserve and then into college. So we had a long-distance relationship for most of that time. Um, and then we and we ended it. I went off. I was in college. Then I got married. I was married for 10 years, had four kids. And that ended in divorce. And soon after that, Carlos and I reunited. So uh, we reunited and got married. And our daughter was born at 25 weeks, as I mentioned. So she was born um, at six months, weighed a pound and a half. And at this point, we were, so we got married August 2nd, and our daughter was born in March. She wasn't due until Mm -hmm. June or July. I can't even remember her due date at this point. But, um, so I, we came, I came into this marriage, we got married, and I had four kids. My kids were nine, seven, three, and two Mm -hmm. years old. So, uh, with the little ones, two and three-year-old, who are now... 15 and 16, <laughs> uh, what it was was easier with them, mm-hmm. but with the seven and nine-year-old, the older girls, me and Aaliyah, um, there was definitely that it was a huge adjustment for both the girls, for myself, and uh, for Carlos. So I came from a relationship where I was basically that the control, took control of the situations and kind of managed and handled made decisions in the household that type of situation mm-hmm. um and then I came into a relationship with Carlos where he was more uh he never got married or had kids but he was used to being that decision maker um in his home and then we brought kids in the mix and marriage and our thoughts of what it was back in high school mm-hmm. um so that lasted for about a year and a half right and I think that's one of the biggest things is that that mindset or the high school mindset wasn't enough or strong enough to have a very solid enough foundation to get us through the challenges and the struggles that we faced early on mm-hmm. and i think that's what led to uh you know having some separation time well the other thing time. is that we have to, we had to realize which we didn't really think about at the time or we thought about it much later, um, there are a few things aside from the fact that I didn't really take, and mm-hmm. I, I believe I talked about it in that other episode, that I really needed to take time out for myself 
really to rebuild myself because I think, you know, after coming out of a relationship, a 10-year marriage and four kids, that's a whole lot Mm -hmm. to carry and then just to kind of jump back into another marriage. So that was an area that I would say looking back now and and looking at it all today, I learned a very big lesson with that, making that decision. But we failed to kind of look at that point how we had those, you know, 12 years, let's say, of not being together um, of baggage, Mm -hmm. right? So it was like 12 years of you being in the military and your jobs and uh, being in in environments that are very like black and white. Mm -hmm. This is how it goes. And that's that. And me being in a 10-year relationship and having four kids at a young age and close in age and just kind of my experiences. So we just kind of brought all that together and it was... So that, would you consider that one of your struggles was the fact that you didn't heal or you didn't find time for yourself? Before oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I think... Yeah, I, definitely. I didn't take that time out mm-hmm. that I talk about so much okay. now yeah. um, to really process and work through um, just a lot of the different things that had occurred, you know, 10 years of mm-hmm. stuff. And, like, yeah. you know, one of the things I was saying is that the foundation wasn't there. Like, we jumped right into marriage. I think mm-hmm. only after a couple of months we were together. I think less than six months we, we got yep. we got married and and we didn't have enough courtship time or just time to get to know each other you know even after 10 or 12 years later we all change anyway mm-hmm. you know no matter what life yeah. changes us for the better or for worse but we didn't allow that time yeah. to actually get to know each other as we are you know 10 12 years later and also thinking of like even when you are married for 10 years mm-hmm. how even together you're evolving you're changing you're growing um, yeah. whether you're together or not. So even just that realization, cause we're now, uh, we've been married for 12 years now and we are not the same people <laughs> that we were when we first got married. Yeah. So, um, you know, you kind of, we definitely had that combination that made it more complicated because mm-hmm. it's not like we were together. We were in different relationships and different, mm-hmm. Um, areas and times and places and everything of our lives so and also i think like another struggle that i think we both had was in different sides of the coin was the um, expectations mm-hmm. so you know you had different expectations of me as a husband mm-hmm. as a father as a man of the house as you know a christian um so you definitely had different expectations than what i thought either i didn't see them i didn't understand them i did not know how to live up to those expectations so I think that's the other thing that led us astray mm-hmm. uh, early on in those first couple of years is the mm-hmm. expectations. Yeah. And that's another area that, you know, I talk about a lot, um, getting rid of our expectations, because that's definitely something that over time and over the years as we've been working on, we've worked on rebuilding ourselves and rebuilding our relationship, you know, as a whole, that we really had to get rid of those expectations but we're probably getting ahead of ourselves so let let me back up a little bit too well let's take one of those right let's take the expectations piece of it and how did you overcome that Mm, getting rid of expectations well that's why i say i think we'll dive into that a little bit later in the 
when it came to the rebuilding process because that's really I think that that came um that came much later for me like it came so let's let me we let's get to when we got separated let's jump there so we were together we went through four years of therapy and then after um after our probably about four years of in and out therapy I was fed up done packed the kids up and moved out Mm -hmm. right and during that time um Carlos actually right after that time Carlos was offered a position in South Carolina which he he took with the hopes that maybe we could get a fresh start we could you know pack the family up move and start over again right uh, but instead, it it led to I wasn't really ready for that, and it led to a year and a half of separation. Which during that time, I filed for divorce, um, and I was just very angry, bitter. I talked about in in the first episode how mm-hmm. my life just spiraled downward. Um, I dated, you dated, we. Um, We were both trying to just kind of figure it out, right, as life continued to go on. Mm -hmm. So how did you tell us, because I shared already in my episode, but tell us your side how you kind of handled all of that and dealt with that that time frame. Well, off the bat, I mean, I just felt it it wasn't fair. Only because I was trying. I was trying to figure out what I was doing wrong. I was trying to listen more and go through all the counselings and go through all the therapies. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, for me, it, was, it wasn't fair because I was still trying mm-hmm. in the relationship. But at that point in time, you had already given up. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, then I, I, I didn't know what to do. But, uh, I was lost. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, a job opportunity came up and uh, out of state. And I was like, well, I guess... You know, now it's the only time I can do something. So I went out and, and took it. But the the biggest difference was that when I went down there, I didn't go down there with the intent of, uh, you know, looking for the next thing. It was more of, okay, now how did I contribute to the relationship, both positive and negative, to understand how, you know, I affected it. So I spent, I think, the first couple, of, I think six, uh, seven months um just trying to understand what I did. So Go what on. do you? So what do you think? Tell us about that. How do you think you could contributed to the separation? Well, the first thing was just learning what what it takes in a real marriage, so to speak. So, for example, just communication. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being very short with you, not giving you the time to speak. You are a talker. You love to talk <laughs> um, for hours at a time. So for me, uh, I'm not used to that, right? I'm here, you know, 10, 15 minutes. Okay, what's your point? Um, do I need to do anything? No, okay, I'll see you later. So for me... And, and let me... I want to just... Because I'm a talker, right? So I want to elaborate a little bit on that. So I came um, from a... As I said, in my previous relationship, I just kind of was the one that that led for the most part. And but I could also just talk and talk and talk. Right. And just be listened or thought I was listened to to an extent. Right. And my I always say my dad was someone who I could talk and talk and talk and he would listen for endless amounts of time. Right. Um, so then I 
came into this marriage and in the beginning it wasn't bad but I think as as time went on and the the stresses of having a big family and then a wife who wanted to talk to you for hours on end um I think I guess it started to take a toll on you right because I remember like specifically a lot of the things that would kind of take me to the edge was when I was frustrated and I would want to talk something out and you were kind of like you've got five minutes you've got ten minutes well here's the thing too like you know you want to talk hours on end but there's still so many things left to do Mm -hmm. right we still have the house chores Um, I was in school at the time as well getting my master's Um, I was still in the military so that was the time frame that I actually chose to drop the military and not re-enlist because there was too many things on the plate. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also by the time you wanted to talk was, you know, 9, 10 o'clock at night. And by mm-hmm. that time, uh, there was no energy left um, to even engage in the deep conversations that you wanted to have. You know, and st- we still have kids running around trying to put them to sleep, too. So by that time, yeah, it was... A but that much... wasn't always the case. No, but... I'm it, sure it... that there were times on weekends or other times, right, yeah. that I would want to talk and you just... It was never really a good time, right? Oh, yeah, I mean... It, again, it was just learning the fact of you are a communicator, you're a talker, <laughs> and learning As how to... As most women are, right. It's just, for me, learning how to provide that quality time you were looking for, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't fully aware of that was one of your needs mm-hmm. that I was failing to meet until after the fact. Mm-hmm. What was... Okay, so communication was one. Do you... Was there another... Um, anything else that you felt you contributed to the relationship? Um, I guess slow to speak. Again, um, being in the military, it's everything is just, you know, from one step to the other. and uh, Forward? Well, just, just move to the next thing. And there's no, no, there's no time to listen. There's no time to um, engage. It's just execute. So... You know, coming home from work, it's like, okay, who got the chores done? Who didn't get the chores done? Who has homework? Who doesn't have homework? Let's get dinner started. Um, so that was one of the things that... You wanted to run that, a tight like, ship. Well, the, the thing is also, again, I didn't know um, <laughs> the fact of, let me sit down. Let me talk to the kids. Let me talk to everybody and, and spend that quality time first. Um, that, and that was another gap that I had. But again, I didn't realize that until after the fact. To come home and sit first. Do you think you still struggle with that? It depends on the day. Mm-hmm. But at least now, I make a conscious effort to sit <laughs> and not be on the phone like anybody else. And that way, engage whoever is not on their phone. <laughs> Did you notice how you just threw that in there? Did, like, I mean, of course, I, I, I know just as much as I caught it, a lot of the listeners will be like, well, there's some animosity pent up in there somewhere. It's like... Well, whoever's not on their phone, I come home. So you're 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 throwing shots there, like. I'm just saying, with, mm-hmm. we have a massive family. We have about nine people here on the on the house, so it's just a matter of everybody already engaged in doing stuff. So by the time I get home, well, it's a very different right now. It's a very different dynamics mm-hmm. from back then. Back then, you had little kids who didn't necessarily have phones, or yeah. if they had phones, there was definitely more. Uh, boundaries around that mm-hmm. whereas in right now you're it's a whole different dynamic from where we were at um mm-hmm. 10 years ago or 
eight years ago. Mm-hmm. So it's different, very different now. But okay, so the communication piece, the being forward. Um, and I know for me, something that I contributed, well, I contributed a lot on my end, which I think the point that we're making now is that we went through a period of time of realizing what did we struggle with and what was our contribution to those struggles or those challenges that we faced. And I know for me, it was um, the shutting down was a big thing, I think. I I think that Mm -hmm. once I was not feeling like I was being heard or understood, um, you know, it goes back to like our human needs, right? If you're not connecting, feeling significant, um, feeling loved it's for me I personally would shut down I and I kind of it's kind of the fight or flight right Mm -hmm. so I tend to go the flight mode and I would shut down I would build walls I would stop talking and that just kept happening more and more and more right so I just I kept shutting down so then I wasn't really even trying to be there or be present for you um and I think it was that feeling of you're not there for me, then, you know, screw you, forget it. I don't have time for you either. Um, And then it, you know, and it had a lot to do with those expectations, right? Like expecting you to listen and whether or not it's, it's a valid request or thought or desire, right? Um, It was, it was still this, I expect you to just listen. I expect Mm -hmm. you, you know, or, and it could be, I want you to, but at the end of the day, I contributed my piece in terms of um, shutting down. I stopped talking. I stopped really, I had no desire to really pay any much attention to you either. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think for me also, I think I came into the relationship with guilt kind of like this guilt of I'm a single mom with four kids and you know you um never got married never had kids and then I started to feel like a burden so I think when all the arguments started and you you seemed very unhappy day in and day out um I think then it became that guilt and guilt from both sides right because the kids were miserable the girls were upset and there was just this daily fighting Mm -hmm. and then I just started working longer hours and hating hated coming home (laughs) in a nutshell right mm -hmm. so that was my contribution was there anything else that you would say I contributed in terms of how you felt like I mean, that could be another episode. Let's just, that's enough for this one, I think. But was there anything that you, like, you, we don't have to get into it. But no, I mean, there? like you said, I mean, you had no interest yeah. in, in being around. Mm-hmm. And it was felt. It was noticed. Yeah. So it made it harder to try. Yeah. Sorry. And which, of course, I and I talk about this in my first episode, um, which to me, Carlos didn't know until later, but that led to my being unfaithful and um, and seeking attention outside of our marriage which we can um, definitely, you want to get into that now or later? Because we can, uh, later, when we come into the rebuilding side. Okay. So those were our struggles. Those were things that we kind of contributed, um, each contributed. I know that I was believing, uh, I started believing lies, right? Like that lies like, 
that you really didn't care or that we were just a burden, that we were, um, that you were unhappy, that you'd be happier without us. Um, you know, think I was thinking, you know, we came in and ruined your life, you know, like you had the life of a mm-hmm. uh, single guy or dating or doing whatever. And, you know, and then you kind of had the, you had us all then to kind of, so those were some of the lies I remember telling myself. Um, and then I also had people in my ear all along, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, you're going to be a single mom of four kids. No one's going to want you. Or you're just kind of going to be a burden for for someone, in a sense. Right. Um, so I think when all of those fears that I probably already had started to kind of become a reality, um, I know that that's where um, kind of the struggles became even more real for me, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and those were... and And instead of going to you to really discuss those feelings right and um I just kind of sat in them but I think it went back to feeling like he doesn't want to hear it anymore or have these conversations so then I just kind of kept going back to myself with it Mm, right were there any were there any lies during that time that you were kind of telling yourself or believing not for me, because, I mean, again, I was on the opposite end where I was just trying to see what else I can do to, and, you know, what acts I can take to show you that I was still interested and I was still trying. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So we were separated for a year and a half. Day before our divorce, we had a conversation and you asked me how I felt about it. And I said I did not feel comfortable. I wasn't, didn't have peace about it. And you said... Oh, it takes faith. It takes faith. We have to have faith, right? So Mm -hmm. this is where we decided to go from a place of having faith to and taking action in order to believe that our relationship could work. Yeah, but even even before that, right? So there's no way my flesh would have been able to even speak that way Mm -hmm. at that point in time. So... It was only during my time away where I can realize that, you know, for me it was, I need to let it go. Mm-hmm. And that's where all that stuff came out of. Because it wasn't my choice. It wasn't my decision to even say anything of, mm-hmm. the, of these things, right? It was, here's the day before the divorce. So it was, you know, weeks before that, that, uh, you know, guy has just spoken to me, says, you got to let her go. I'm like, all right, fine, let her go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that that's where all that came from. And I think that it's that's so real in both our separation time and just in our life since. I think God continues to show us that when we surrender and we let go of the very thing that we're trying to hold on to so tight, um, that that's when he can kind of step in and do his work and work in us and through us mm-hmm. and... Um, so he, you felt like you were ready in a sense. You were ready to let go because you mm-hmm. did during the year and a half we were separated. You were really seeking uh, reading, personal development. I talked about that. You were really working through how can you do better? How could you not repeat the same mm-hmm. mistakes again? And for me, it was the opposite because I think I had lived my life trying to do the right thing, trying to 
um, you know, be the perfect wife, both in my first marriage and in my second marriage. And I think I got to a point that when it wasn't working again, I kind of felt like, forget this, Mm. you know, like I'm so sick and tired of trying to just kind of be back in this place of pain and hurt. Um, So I spiraled downward uh, for probably about a year of that time. But then the last six months was when I, I stopped and really was in prayer and seeking God and asking him for his will, which led to that day where you were when you asked the question that I can honestly say I didn't have peace about it. Cause had you caught me six months before that, I probably still would have been in the screw it mode. I I've had it and I'm done versus I had had a period of time that kind of that time out of just really um, taking the time for myself to really dig deep and figure out what the heck was going on. Right. It's interesting because it's supposed to be in God's time, not mm-hmm. our time. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing that's the only thing that saved us. Yeah. It's having that time. Yeah, I think the time was huge. And during that time of separation, you did not pressure me. You didn't hound me. You didn't. You were just there. Like, you were there when I needed you to be there. And you were consistent. And I think that had it not been for that, um, you worked on yourself. And then, and you were just there. Mm -hmm. And you were just consistent. So, had it not been for that, I think that we wouldn't be where we are today. Um, and then you took a leap of faith by saying, you know, let's have faith. Mm-hmm. And uh, because I didn't have peace and I was asking God for his will, I felt like that was my moment that I needed to surrender and I needed to give it over to God. And I did. Um, and it wasn't, you know, like peaches and cream right after because I say, like, I remember the day after we're holding hands and I was like, ugh, like I thought I would never be here again. And I, I was not necessarily a happy camper. So I say that to say that sometimes having faith doesn't look great and amazing and like it has a bow on it, right? It just but, takes work. Yeah. And sometimes it's dirty, it's ugly, and you just have to like get it done, right? Yep. So we, um, you're so talkative. Oh, thank you. So where are we at now? So now, the see, see I, I love how people get to see. Now, I will say that we are doing this episode. It's late. We have, I've been trying to get this episode now for sin, for a month because it's our, it's my one month anniversary. Awesome. Right? To be your one month. Yep. So I'm happy that you're my one monther, but I will say that I was trying to get you a lot sooner. You're, you're a hard catch. You're playing hard to get. <laughs> okay. Um, so we're recording this episode. It's late. We're tired. Um, and let's just say that, so the past four years, it's been four years already. We've been back together. And we have, you know, we went through a period of time where I, you know, I had right after, Soon after we got, a month after we got together, I confessed to you about being unfaithful. You forgave me. That was a difficult time, right? As Mm -hmm. we had to go through then a period of rebuilding trust. Tell us your rendition of that. 
time, that situation. I mean, it goes back to the initial, you know, that's not fair that you got to go again trying, and yet there's more stuff under the couch that you didn't foresee. Um, but the, for the first building block was, was faith. So I just needed time to kind of talk it over again with God to make sure, like, hey, what the heck, what do I do now? So, um, again, because it was the flesh, there's no way I would have walked away easily. But um, because, uh, you know, we, at that point, we finally had a foundation to stand on. So that made it a little easier. But I think the first building block that we, we had was just having the faith in the marriage itself. And I think the second building block that, I don't know if, if you guys have caught it yet, but is the fact of when we first got together, we actually put the kids first above ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that's not the way it should be. So the second time we got back together again was that we made sure that we are first mm-hmm. in the relationship. And then the kids come actually come second. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that was the biggest difference. That was a really big one, especially for me, because I think that, again, I had dealt with so much guilt of having gone through a divorce that um, I just wanted to kind of cater to the kids and make sure they were happy, quote unquote. And I think during the separation was when I had such an eye opener when my kids for that year and a half, they were so unhappy so many times. (laughs) I mean, they had their happy times, don't get me wrong, but there were so many times that I had to really look at the situation and I realized like, whoa, I could give my kids the world and their kids, their their emotions are going to be one way one day and then the next day it's going to be different. So um, that was a huge eye opener for me on the importance of a putting myself first mm-hmm. and filling me and pouring into me because I felt like it was selfish if I was not pouring into them and everybody else first. So learning that the importance of self-love, self-care, mm-hmm. um, and then um, and then feeding, you know, and feeding the spirit, right? Like spiritually being filled um, and then pouring into your marriage first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Um, so we talk about two yeah. building blocks. It was one is, you know, the faith. The second one was about putting ourselves first in our own relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think is another, you know, building block that helped us through all this. Are you like taking control of my podcast and starting to interview me? <laughs> I was asking you a question. That's all right. It's cool. Mm-hmm. I should have let you be like the leader of this mm-hmm. podcast. It's all right. It's yours. <laughs> it's mine, but it's really kind of ours because in the background, okay, yes, you just kind ours. of, you know, you run the show, babe. That is one thing that I will say. Mm-hmm. I have learned to surrender so much Mm -hmm. right and letting you lead um and have that role in the home and i think that that has also been a huge help for us Mm -hmm. uh, because it's like having those healthy boundaries and the balance in the relationship um and it's not to say that like if i have something to say that i don't we have roles right yeah that that support like don't get it twisted i I, got you but we we have roles (laughs) and and i think again that's what kind of got us where we were was because we were playing different roles we were not mm-hmm. in the roles that we were meant to be in mm-hmm. so you know how we're called to be the, the men are called to be the leader of the house and all that but at the same time is that with 
your helper. Mm-hmm. It's not meant to just for us to do it ourselves, and we dictate everything that happens in the house. It's not mm-hmm. meant to be that way. It's supposed to be working together, mm-hmm. you know, um, to to make you know, run the house and and run the help run the relationship. Yeah. So I'm sorry. What was your question? Oh, the third Green building, building block. Yes. What was that third focus, building block? Focus. So I would say faith pouring into ourselves or in you know into our relationship. I think the third thing. I would have to go into unconditional love. So I think, you know, we talked about the faith piece, which I think all of that really had encompassed. And I talked about forgiveness and the importance of forgiveness, Mm -hmm. which I think having the faith, um, forgiveness has to be first so that I had to throw that back in there. But um, the communication piece pouring into each other, we talked about unconditional love, I would say, was huge. Because we... I know for me, I, let me speak for myself, I spent a lot of years, not just in marriage, but just in life in general, loving based on conditions. So, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't even so much like, I love you if you do this for me, but it was just like, I love you when you show me, I can love you better when you show me appreciation or thank you or love, like, or if I don't feel loved and appreciated, then I shut down. Mm-hmm. So my love was based on condition, Got right? It. Or my love was based on how much or how well I thought you loved me, mm-hmm. right? So learning to love without condition, and I think learning to to love you, love on you, care for you, you know, holding your hand even when I didn't feel like it or when you got on my nerves. Ironing my shirt. Ironing your shirt, giving you a hug, making you breakfast, like whatever it was, because those are all things that I might not do because you get on my nerves. Okay. And you love to do that. And you love to do it like almost every day, still today. You know, life will get boring if I didn't. But because we're in such a different place, we're able to, it doesn't look the same way as it did before. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So I would say unconditional love because when you kind of pour all of that together in a in a pot you know you kind of you put in the faith the forgiveness Mm -hmm. that communication forget those expectations and you add in unconditional love you have a pretty awesome foundation um in a relationship okay uh so do one one last bonus one here then as far as we're building block and that is not so much our relationship with each other, but also with spiritually, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so being able to have that relationship with God also helped us out too mm-hmm. because we both have gaps that we can't fill for each other. Mm-hmm. And the only one that can fill that gap is God and the Holy Spirit and all that kind of stuff. So I think that is the the other building block was that we continued to actually foster and build the relationship we have with mm-hmm. God because he can help us supplement those areas that we both lack. Yeah, and that's where, like, our faith came in, right? And, like, I was saying, like, when we fill in, like, spiritually, like, fill ourselves um, through God, like, through the word, you know, like mm-hmm. you're saying and stuff, um, that's such a huge part because um, I love that you bring that up because I think one of the things that I learned during our separation, like, I just felt like God was telling me he is not your God, Mm -hmm. I am 
And one of the things that kind of going back with the expectations was that it was like God showing me that I was expecting you to almost be God to me because I expected you to just be this perfect man and just kind of fill all these needs and wants and desires. Mm -hmm. And I, it was definitely, I agree. It was something that, you know, I know that I had to learn that it's like there are areas or gaps that only can be filled Mm -hmm. from a spiritual standpoint. Um, that we can't really fill for each other. Or we can try and spend our whole lives trying to fill it, but it's not going to work. So, you know, kind of summarize again, for us, uh, the major three building blocks were, was it faith? What's the Mm -hmm. other one? (laughs) Faith, community. Well, we talked about faith, communication, unconditional love, but what was before unconditional love? I don't remember, that's what I'm asking you. Well, you uh, conditional love and the, the biggest the biggest thing at the end of the day was the, the relationship yeah. um, the building that relationship with God not just with each other um, I think was the, the bonus mm-hmm. one underlying of all of them where are we today how are we doing today no I mean we're st- we as far as today is concerned we, we definitely know that we have a so- strong solid foundation challenges are still going to come as they have come mm-hmm. and okay now so <laughs> They have come, but at the end of the day, the foundation is strong enough to withstand the storm. Yes. So if it wasn't for that, then yeah, we would have been long gone again. Yeah. But um, I think that's the biggest difference. Yeah. Yeah. We've definitely dealt with our fair share of challenges, and I think um, our support for each other, um, I think there's times that, you know, and we deal with challenges with the kids. There's challenges, whether it's with each other or scheduling, my business, your job, whatever. Life, right? Family. Mm-hmm. Um, so they still come. We handle them much differently. Mm-hmm. Um, I think doing things like taking time out for each other, like individually um, and then together, um, is huge for us right now. And checking in on a weekly basis um, monthly basis, um, and just checking in to be like, how are we doing? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and I think the communication piece of just, there are times that we don't check in or we haven't checked in, but I think that we're both intentional about saying, Hey, there's something that's really bothering me. And we talk about it. And I think letting go back to the whole letting go piece, letting things go and not holding onto them which I guess is goes that's why the scripture that talks about not letting the sun go down on your anger I guess I can kind of get it um and just I think we're just so much more willing of letting Mm -hmm. things go and not holding on right Mm -hmm. yeah so how do we wrap this up well we don't say how do we wrap it up okay we we just wrap it up Okay. Because it's so obvious. Well, how do you finish it? It's not like finish. organic. Okay. So how do we... <laughs> well, I mean, well, organic is we walk away. Okay, no. It's, right. No. But this is your black and white. You just want to be like, all right, how do we end this meeting? Let's just end the meeting now. Right. Go ahead. Your podcast. <laughs> uh, gotta love them. Gotta love them. Mm-hmm. All right. So... So I guess you still love me, I still love you, and the rest is history. Yep. Okay. All right, so where do you see us in five years? Five years, have all the kids out, get a little tiny house. 
and the convertible, <laughs> just driving around on the weekends. But see, this is your dream. Hey. Can we have something that involves the both of us? Because are you going to be living in this tiny house by yourself? No, you're going to come with me. I'll get you a Velar and we're good to go. Who? No. See? Okay, we need to re... re- revisit our five-year goal because because we haven't obviously have not visited this five-year goal or you're dreaming like you're thinking of what your five-year goal is empty nester but yeah that's my how are we an empty nester in five years i don't know we have a sixth grader should be in 11th 12th grade (laughs) that's not an empty nester ariana he's kicking you out beforehand but okay i want to plan for it that's all i'm not trying to kick her out plan for it okay yeah, that's like your mini-me. She's going to be yes. with you until you're, like, 70 years old. Okay, that's fine, too. <laughs> so you're going to get a tiny house with her? Oh, good hair shed next to her. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we'll revisit that five-year goal. Fine, make that another episode. Uh, okay. okay. All right. See, yeah. we're, we're still building. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we're still building. All righty. Well... Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed mm-hmm. Carlos and I having a little chit-chat here. Um, and, yeah, I'm sure there'll be more of these. Um, but anyway, this is the one-month anniversary. Please be sure to share this episode if you enjoyed it. Um, and I would love to have you give me a rating and a review. I would so appreciate that. And as you all know, or if you don't know, now you know, (laughs) um, I am a relationship coach. Feel free to head on over to my website, www.passion, the number four, visions with an S.com. And you can take a look at my uh, programs and services there. And I look forward to serving you Um, on the highest level. So have a great day, great night, wherever you are today, and be blessed. Much love to you all. Take care. Ciao. Thank you for being on the show. They can't hear you. Okay, you're welcome. Okay, you said de nada. De nada, yeah. (laughs) All right, babe, I'll see you upstairs. Sure. Thank you so much for listening to the Rebuilding Relationships podcast. I hope that I have served you on the highest level. And if I have, please be sure to share this episode and give me a great rating on iTunes so that I can continue to serve you and others. Now head on over to my website and grab your free copy of the first chapter of my book called Recreate Your Love. It's coming out soon. My website is www.passion4visions.com. And while you're there, go ahead and check out more of my services. My heart is always to serve you with much love. Have an amazing week and be sure to head back next week for our next episode. Please understand that anything shared on my show, the Rebuilding Relationships podcast, is intended to give you tips, tools, and strategies to help you transform your relationships and your life. While I am a certified coach, I am not a licensed therapist or a doctor, so please be sure to seek professional medical advice when you feel necessary. Take care.